boys and girls. Welcome back to Chunky Lessons, the podcast. This is it. We have reached the end of the year almost uh, this week. You're going to have uh, two podcasts for you. These are going to be the last you're going to hear this year. This is our best of week. Uh, we just finished up taping the best of the year last night. A pretty raucous event. Uh, a lot of people stopped by, so we'll talk more about that next, uh, I think on Thursday we're going to talk about this. Right now, though, what we have for you, uh, we have been covering a little more local music this year. So I thought it apropos to do a best of local musicians in the area, local bands that are really killing it. Uh, so we did that. So I invited uh, Quinn over as usual, Tori, the music editor of uh, DCS, amongst other things, and Paul Vodra from Hometown Sounds came back. Uh, so we sat down, sort of shared some of our favorite tracks, talked about the scene a little bit more. One last time for 2014, uh, about eight or nine bands I think we covered. And then uh, if your name isn't in there, don't worry about that. That just means we didn't have time to get to it, but we'll get to you next year. Uh, so without further ado, we're kicking off our best of week. This is episode number 95 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. Uh, best of 2014. DC edition. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review of just a shit sandwich. That right there is a wonderful house. basement uh this is the first time we've done this this year uh we're doing a, a best of local podcast uh sort of the local dc scene um joining us down here tori hey paul vodra hello hey i said you'd be back and you are back i'm back so soon yep. <laughs> quinn myers the king of house shows <laughs> don't don't call me that <laughs> I, I the place i live occasionally hosts shows that are yeah. awesome yeah that the place that shall remain it. unnamed. Uh, mm. Some one photographer credited it as mystery house party. <laughs> I so, also heard um, somebody call it a dorm last night. Oh, it and is, I was I was quick to defend it is you. Nothing like a dorm. No. I, I feel like uh, I see the pictures on Facebook, and and I'm jealous because I feel like there's much room for tapestries here that I'm not allowed to have in our house. <laughs> Those are actually all my roommates. I, I'm not a tapestry. Oh, God damn it. You should meet Maddie. Dead to me. Dead to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and Paul, you run a, a podcast and a site on local music, but uh, famously, I think Chunky Glasses, for the entirety of our existence, has not really covered local stuff. That's for various reasons, but uh, this year we decided to, like, dive in. Uh, and whether it is we're just now paying attention or I'm just now paying attention or uh, I think it's a little of that and stuff is starting to really percolate in this town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out with, with a whole, whole fuck ton of really, really good releases. 
Uh, I think it runs the gamut, you know, of like mm-hmm. you can have everything. Like the stuff I'm going to play is very different from the stuff Gwen or Tori is going to play. Um, do we want to do a little scene report now, or are we going to do this? We could we could do it now. I mean, we could, we could just do it as we go and like okay. how each thing relates to it. I okay. Don't know. So what what I wanted to do, and this is. Rather than do a, a list amount, because that, that's getting tired, you know, mm-hmm. you know, 50 best. I don't even know what that means. Nothing. I just wanted to go through and, uh, and share some of our favorite from this year. Uh, we're going to do it in the round a little. And since, Tori, you are immediately to my left, let's start with you. All right. Um, so, uh, like, song selections or general scene report findings? I, let's, let's start with song. Tell, tell us a little bit about it, and then we can talk about, like, how they fit in. Sure, yeah. Well, um, my as soon as you sent out, you know, the call for what were your favorite local albums of the year, like really the only one, the only like full length album that immediately came to mind that I knew I wanted to talk about was Typefighter, mm-hmm. The End of Everything. Um, everybody in that band has like, you know, played in a million other bands. Yeah. Their front man, Ryan McLaughlin, I met when I worked at Dangerously Delicious Pies. Mm. Um, and he also plays in Joy Buttons, which is a hardcore band. And um, Polyon, Polyon, which is more like a psych, which thing. is a newer band, is a new, yeah, brand new. Even, they might not even have any recordings. They don't. Mm-mm. They released their first single like three weeks ago. Yeah. So Ryan is super busy and amazing and a nice guy. So like, Typefighter just deserves everything good that comes to them. Uh, so it's if you like power pop, uh, pop punk, standard rock pop, mm-hmm. like they, it kind of just runs. It covers everything, and it's just a solid band. It's clear that everybody in that band knows how to play instruments, knows how to compose a song. Yeah, we, we had them on the podcast over here, and Quinn, actually, you uh, you wrote a review of the album, I think. I did. Um, and then I went to see them, and it was... Uh, there, there's one thing, and this might get into the scene report. There's a lot of... In any scene, you have um, you know some bands that are like just want to rock. They want to live the dream. Some bands that are really, really actually living the dream and doing... Uh, really good stuff and being like super professional about it. Type Fighter is one of those bands. Yeah, they were just on because, tour with Pup. Yeah, those yeah. fuckers like can put on a show. And Ryan, I mean, is, I think has been doing this long enough that he knows like not just to write good songs, which he does. Uh, and even though his style has evolved over the years, I mean, this used to be almost like acoustic folky stuff, mm-hmm. uh, lo-fi. But how to how to put on a good show? And how to sell it to people. And, and their albums are very well produced. Mm-hmm, uh, I think mm-hmm. Will, is that their drummer's name? Uh, I think their their drummer, yeah. Ra, is, produced, is the main producer on their albums. And mm-hmm. I thought End of Everything was really well produced. And also really good music videos. Yes. Yeah. It's because a he, GoPro yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 The one that they made uh, with all the kids in the costumes. I can't remember which song it was for. And uh, that was such a good video. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They did one with a, a GoPro attached to a to somebody's guitar. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah they did that really in band, at bandwidth. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, they put GoPros on everything. Yep. And, and then... but the song that I selected that stands out to me is maybe almost, I don't want to say a throwaway, but it's the song in the album that doesn't sound like the rest of the album. It's more of like a it's like a slow down to build up kind of like love mm-hmm. song where I think the rest of the album is much more like you know a little frenzied, energetic, but contained. Um, and this song just always stands out to me because it sounds a little bit different okay. than the rest of the stuff on the album. What we and got? It's, it's wonderful. It's called I Like the Way You Are. All right, let's hear a little bit of this. And I like the way you stand, but a door is left ajar. And I can take it by the
Fucking yeah, well, they. I American mean, is supporting college radio flight. Maybe Sorry. we don't. Yeah. We don't I, I can tell. We can. I actually know the exact numbers in their budget, and we can talk about it later. But they have. <laughs> they have a ton of. of I know. As you can see during the break, we want the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that was Type, type Fighter. Uh, I like the way you are off the album, The End of Everything, which uh, that, what, that came out about the first of the year, right? This one of the early ones. No, yeah. I, I think April. April, yeah, okay. April it's been May. circulating for a while, and they did a tour. They did like a like a national tour, um, semi-national, and then they came back. Not this, really? Did they? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they did. You know, they went to like the Midwest. Regardless, they did a big ass <laughs> tour with Pop. Which oh, with Pop. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I think this album has been like ruminating, and so it's easy to like when an album first. The question is. When you're doing like a end of the year sort of roundup thing, mm-hmm. is like, what are the things that came out at the beginning of the year that you're still listening to and you still love? And, and actually, that's a qualifier for me for not just this year. These local albums, albums for the end of the year, the big change for me was, what am I going to be listening to next year, and what am I going to be listening to the year after? You know, and it takes a lot to get there. I think these guys got it there. One thing we were talking about while the song was playing is is. Uh, the little scene report thing uh, is is uh, that an important thing um, for any musician, their local or otherwise, is I guess their attitude towards people and stuff. And uh, you know Ryan's wife, mm-hmm. like, you know Ryan. They're some of the nicest people ever. Uh, I, I, when we he was on the podcast, I kept making jokes about date night. But now, but now I apologize to Ryan publicly because he kept looking at me funny, like what the fuck? And I'm like, no, dude, you're talking about date night, and you still have your pants on. You're doing it wrong because, because <laughs> oh. I'm four. So, <laughs> so just to clarify that, but oh. um, yeah, we were talking about them. We we're talking about scoops. Yeah, uh, you know, these are just some Base really extraordinary, really solid guys making some really solid music. I think mm-hmm. so. Paul, yeah. On that note, solid guys making solid music. Yeah. Next up is Coward's Choir. Excellent. Excellent uh, choice. I know, obviously, you're a big fan. You had them on the podcast. I did. I did. And I actually thought that was a really good interview. Not only was it a good interview, but it, it like, hearing their origin story, Yeah, it was a great origin story. It made me get into them even more. Yeah. Um, the fact that, like, it was Andy, you know, singer-songwriter, decided, like, let's put together a band, and then mm-hmm. and then sort of accidentally put this band together and then realized wow this chemistry is fantastic yeah. this is a this is a thing we got to go with this yeah and and he's got uh, who, who else in the band uh Who's... so we got uh ryan walker from the beanstalk library playing bass we got adam newbauer mm-hmm. playing the drum set and then you got ben tufts playing percussion mm-hmm. including like vibraphone and timpani i mean when have you seen a four-piece band <laughs> With a timpani. I don't even stage. know what that is. Oh. It's a giant drum. Yes. Okay. You, you, with a pedal, you can tune it. Usually you have a couple, so you can sort of tune them to different notes. I used to play this stuff a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. And so I really appreciate I was never a really good drum set player, but I played a lot of percussion, and so I love watching Ben play that stuff. Yeah. And um, they are really, they're just, yeah, they're, I liked how when Andy was, was talking to you, talking about the lyrics and how they're very, you know, heartfelt optimistic lyrics mm-hmm. and i'm not going to get into into it too much but i've had a really shitty year yeah. and <laughs> yeah. and i have been listening to coward's choir a oh, lot fantastic. because it is so optimistic yeah. and like it really i i was telling somebody who we know 
that I was a big fan of Coward Squire, and they thought that I might be a bit of a sap. And you know what? I am a bit of a That's sap. That's fine. I mean, they're... Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I, when music is supposed to touch people, uh-huh. music is sometimes fun, sometimes crazy, and sometimes, you know, it can be like medicine. And that's what it's been like for me this year. Yeah. And uh, I have noted, you know, they're part of the Northern Virginia scene. Across the River, one of the few bands we're going to be talking about there. And, you know, that has been sort of crystallized, perhaps, Mm -hmm. by the Magnificent Intentions Festival at IOTA. And I definitely noticed that, you know, I was at a lot of that festival. And when Coward's Choir played, there were a lot more people in the room than almost any other band. People are excited about that band. You, th- you think it's a song we're going to play? Is that, is that one of them? Yes. Okay. This is definitely the catchiest song for me. Uh, it's the first song from their four-song EP, All right. which is called Reunion, and the song is called Soul Got Weight. All right. So Kevin has pointed out that I suck. That EP was actually called Cool Currency. Yeah. Reunion was their older EP. Yeah. But, you know, get both. 
Which was reunion was where the band actually came together. Actually, but w- what you had reported uh, on the podcast was that reunion was recorded without. It was just Andy and some other yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it wasn't until Cool Currency mm-hmm. that they all came together to make the new recordings. And so I like those very much. Yeah, and, and these guys have been hitting the road uh, quite a bit. They mm-hmm. uh, it, it goes without saying. Actually, this two of the things we're going to play this uh, on this podcast are produced by this kid uh kid he's <laughs> <laughs> not that old uh, um, this guy Aaron Mason um uh he's sound masonry on Twitter Twitter I think and he is just now producing stuff like this and producing more and more albums he gets a very big sound i mean there's it's, you can already hear what his stuff sounds like. So as he gets a hold of more and more bands, I think it's pretty exciting to see what he's going to do with this. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty exciting to see. I know um, you were talking about the interview we did with them. Uh, we talked a lot off mic about that, and he's like really excited about what he's going to do now. You know, I think he's written an album's worth, maybe two albums worth, and now this band is solidified. You know, and, and it must be said like people like Ryan Walker, like Ben Tufts, uh, like Adam are like insane musicians mm-hmm. um, that he has this toolbox what he can pump out yep so uh, so it's Coward Choir nice moving on to Quinn so there's uh, some shit's about to be thrown down <laughs> by, a few, by a few people on this podcast okay. um, and uh, it might not be uh, right full shit but it's gonna be thrown down right. but um, we're gonna talk about priests yeah. because Quinn, you... Quinn the, t- the time for curmudgeon is gone we're talking about <laughs> the things that we like best so I have to put that in a box okay <laughs> and then just so... kidding fuck you why did you <laughs> <laughs> so uh, priests released um, bodies control and money and power this year mm-hmm. uh, around June um, and that was a split between their own label, which they run, uh, Gideon, their guitarist runs, mm-hmm. pa- Sister Polly gone, and Don Giovanni, which is a pretty, um, one of the more well-known punk labels um, around right now. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. I uh, thought it was really good. I really liked it for, A, the raw energy that Priest brings to everything they do, mm-hmm. and B, um, because as a band from the nation's capital like they are very political and uh a lot of these bands that we're talking about are not as much political and that's fine your music does not have to be political but um i think it's important to have political music and i think that their statements are mostly legitimate and i think they do it well something that i have to add to this conversation is that i actually had not seen priests until this week and they've been like mm. blowing up like all year. Mm-hmm. I'm into punk music. It, like it was kind of garbage that I hadn't seen them, but it was because they were like everywhere. And so for some reason, I felt this like whatever. Like everybody's already supporting them enough. Like mm. I don't need to hop on that train. Get out of my head, Tori. Sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like I was. In, I was totally in the same. You know, in the same boat as you. And then I saw them play on Thursday at the MLK Basement Show, mm-hmm. and I would like made a total 180 and was. <laughs> I was just blown away, super impressed by, like, their earnestness, by um, their talent, by their energy. And also, I just think that, I think it's dangerous to talk about, like, a a punk band with a female singer. I think it's dangerous to talk about the female frontwoman. But shit, like, Katie Alice Greer is fucking amazing. She's so mm-hmm. charismatic. You When you see her, you can't take your eyes off of her. You just want to watch what she does. And when she talks to you, I don't feel like it's bullshit. Like, you know how sometimes, like, the political stuff. 
like sometimes artists will make little speeches about like, you know, I encourage all of you to do this. And sometimes it just feels like trite. But Mm -hmm. with Katie, it just she just sounds like she's talking to like her friend. And I really appreciate that. And I think she's really cool. And I think that they're making really good music. Uh, So I think it's worth mentioning that I kind of jumped ship on that. Uh, Quinn, you did because you were on that podcast. (laughs) I uh, I saw them live and I thought uh, we were supposed to go to the show and you, and you went, no, I, you didn't go. I did go. Oh, you did. I go. saw them yeah. in June. Uh, when they saw that black hat backstage and it's about 110 degrees in there. Mm. Um, I was which, at that show as well, which was, it was, a, yeah. I thought it was a great show. Yeah. Um, and then I saw them at Fort Reno. Yep. Me too. Um, which was, uh, not as good just because I prefer, I mean, like I prefer a, like a smaller, so more intimate as the only person in this room that has not seen them live. Uh, and my issues with them, like, politics whatever are well documented i don't need to um is that the key for me that i i absolutely need to see him live i would say it's before you make your final judgment see him live yeah um agreed paul did you say that agreed and you'll have more chances yeah right oh yeah i mean i think i think an issue that people have with them is that they're the dc band that's getting all this national Mm -hmm. press now Mm -hmm. and like it's and some people are asking why them why not tie fighter why not these other talented bands but i think because punk because punk politics. because they because yeah. politics because um i don't i mean i don't really know all the reasons behind their success but mm-hmm. i think i think at the end of the day it's because they like produce a good product yeah i, I mean agree. do you think uh we're gonna play a song what, what song we're gonna play right, right, wing, right, right wing? wing which is actually one of their more tamer songs before we get into that though i do want to ask do you think they're an important uh dc band for the dc scene At least they're making new punk, as okay. opposed to being crazy nostalgic over all the old punk. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. I think so. Remove the press from from what they're doing because mm-hmm. the press is all about. They they might as well be Fugazi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're saying shit that nobody else is really saying okay. in the area. They're saying and they're saying shit about a majority of topics like similar i think it's like jail solidarity mm-hmm. you know kind of like a drone metal band they like release this album that's all about uh like privacy and the nsa and like all this crazy shit and that's really cool and priest is but priest is like running the gamut and talking about feminism they talked about police brutality like before any of like right. before it really became like a super hot topic mm-hmm. Um, there was a yeah and they talk about a lot of issues that people face in dc true uh there was a Mm -hmm. this is hilarious last like february march byt published a thing um we don't have to go too far down this road but they published a thing like an article where they interviewed like tastemakers in dc like chefs and all these people what their favorite part about dc was and katie alice greer was like my favorite part is like waking up every day to like the horror depression of the city it was a little overblown and like uh, but uh it was like it was it was really great because it was juxtaposed with like um who's the 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 tapas chef uh jose andres or something yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. i mean yeah they definitely have have risen pretty quick to the uh the social ranks Mm -hmm. uh to be uh, a mouthpiece so now like you know for me it just what they do with it you know like 2015 will be an important year for them Maybe because we'll they, I mean, like, yeah, they they've cemented their roots like well, all well, over the country, like, um, you know, like na- almost nationally. Definitely New York. Definitely. Let's hear, let's hear why you guys think so. This is uh, right wing off the bodies and control and money and power. Money and power. 
Like, close all that off. I can enjoy that. So I can admit to that. Like, we can we can move on here. Yeah. But uh, the last point I just want to make is, while they're political and have varying degrees of importance in the DC scene and, and people have different opinions, they're I think they're fun. I honestly think they're fun, and I like I which have, is the most important. I have I fun going to priest shows because I know it's going to be kind of rowdy. I know like like. Uh, there's going to be some crazy shit that mm-hmm. I haven't seen probably happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that everyone in that band is going to be giving 110%. And that, that makes me happy. They put on a show. Yeah. And a lot of bands don't do that. Mm-hmm. All right. So my turn? Your turn. All right. Turn. I'm going back across the river. Uh, I'm keeping it soft. Not because I'm old, but because, like, you know, just there, there's some things that uh, go underrepresented. Uh, one of them is, and she's been on this podcast, uh, Lauren Cav band. Again, Ben Tufts is in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Thompson is in that band, her brother, uh, and and this is a uh, uh, Americana, I guess would you call it that, sort of bluesy Americana, uh, but is fronted by one Lauren Cav, who is tiny, tiny, I mean, she's hmm. probably your size, and her voice... <laughs> Do it, I sound small? <laughs> yeah. um, her voice, though, is completely uh, mind-blowingly massive. So she made uh, an EP this year between the uh, creek and the tracks, I believe. I got it wrong last time. Between the creek, <laughs> between the creek and the tracks. Um, what you? Because you guys probably haven't heard this, so I want to play this and then see what you guys think. Uh, this is the, actually the last song on the EP. Uh, it's called Annie.
44 caliber round. Six pound 44 caliber round. Six pound 44 caliber round. Six pound 44 caliber round. So it's Annie. From Lauren Cav, uh, Tori, you haven't heard that before. What you think? I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Actually, my kind of like roots are in more like Americana roots, haha. <laughs> like folk Americana stuff. I've moved away from it recently, and that has like totally inspired me and reminded me like why I listened to that mm-hmm. stuff. Like sort of like the old '97s record when we were talking about how like yeah, I don't really listen to that shit anymore, but it, like it gets me back into it. There is nothing more satisfying to your ears than like. A woman, like a like a woman, you you can like believe is like cute and like adorable, but when she opens her mouth, like you shut up and listen. Yeah, and, and that's actually worn <laughs> to a T. Really, um, she's mining uh, all this stuff and doing it in a way. Uh, I mean, she's just discovering her songwriting process and what she's going to do with it, with the help of like people like I said, Ben Tufts, Bobby Thompson. Um, this album, what we were saying, was recorded in a barn, yeah. but again by Aaron Mason, who also did the Coward Choir thing. Um, it, it's a unique way of, of working uh, as opposed to going about something we're doing. Like, I have to make necessarily a statement and I have to do this to get in the public eye. It's just like, we're going to do this exactly what feels right. And uh, they only got four songs out of it. But they're, uh, I don't know, have you seen her live, Paul? I must have. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, it's as big as that voice is there. Like, uh, when she's standing in front of you and opens her mouth, it's just like, holy fuck. <laughs> well, and that's kind of how Ben found her, right? Yeah. That yeah. is exactly like how an open ben mic night. Yep, it was open mic night at Iota. And, uh, and he just, she played a song and he walked up to the guy running at the time and was like, who the fuck is that? You have to tell me who that is. And now they're making records. Yep. Wow. So, Quinn, what'd you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah. My, I mean, I also do have a, like, folk. Yeah. Roots Everybody too. does. Because it's like, it's, it's, you, it's, it's, it's accessible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, like the Avid Brothers, especially that mm-hmm. you know, um, conversation and I, for another time. That is, not, yeah, I think. But I, I, it's good to hear that uh, none of my artists were from across the river. Although one of them is from Maryland, but yeah. um, which is like a whole different thing than being across the river. But uh, it, people, like, there is this like oh, yeah. bullshit in the DC scene where it's oh, like yeah. if you're yeah. not, if you're not like. In from DC proper, like fuck you, not fuck you, but like we're not going to no, take I, you. We're, so we're not going to take is, your music or we, you guys seriously. Well, if you're going to play over at IOTA, like we're never going to come see you. We're never going to take the metro, right? Yeah, right. which is silly yeah. because IOTA is totally accessible from the metro. You'd yes, be there it in is. Like 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, and it's a great, cute little cafe. It's totally it is. Great. Although, it is in Bro Central, but whatever. If anybody, <laughs> if anybody's listening who's related to IOTA, please. Fix your website. It is impossible to promote it, any musical events from your website. Also, is it a, is it twenty one plus? Yes. Yes. It is. Um, That's yeah. a fucking. Problem. I mean, like, yeah. Well, it's Virginia, so it's, it is Virginia. You know, it's a, yeah, it's a little it's bit Virginia. different. It's a bar. I mean, it's a different kind of venue. It is, and to be fair, like this is the type of music that they do book. So I mean, you can flip mm. it around, like. You know, punk coming into DC is that's what it is. Over there is mm-hmm. you know, is more kind of this, but. Um, you see, like, Ryan works with all these people in here. He's played Paper House, mm-hmm. uh, who tangentially, he's not on the album, but, you know, he knows all these people. So uh, you see this sort of cross-pollination. I mean, we talked a lot about this. I've talked with them a lot about this. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's good to see them uh, doing that sort of stuff in this pop-up. Mm-hmm. I honestly can't wait to see uh, what she lands on for the full album. 
which he's doing and what they all land on creatively because I mean this is like Aaron's baby hmm. he's like yeah like I, let's go I think there's also kind of been a like a wave of powerful like roots acts in the mainstream mm-hmm. they're picking up like way more uh What's the word? They're picking up way more momentum than they would have just, like, two or three years ago. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, talk about the Ava Brothers, like, forever, but I think part of that is because of that band. And they kind of, like, opened the door for, you know, blues-tinted Americana rootsy bands. Mm -hmm. And they, like, kind of remembered, like, oh, yeah, fucking everybody likes this. Like, (laughs) oh, right, like, this is, like, American music. Like, And so I just kind of noticed recently that there have been a ton of bands like big like radio like headlining music festival bands that are getting a little twangy and i like it yeah i mean i i think as as fans of indie rock like you can too often get into like a mindset where this you're locked into like this is what i want to hear and forget to like disengage a little and just be like this is satisfying and listen to that and you know nobody's ever been like fuck you well played well sung well recorded album ever Mm -hmm. Except maybe Taylor Swift, but it's <laughs> not a hero of that. Uh, you know, the, the last thing I actually want to say about this one is that, uh, and I told her this at the time, is like, you, you talk about people making, like, world-class, like, in quotes, music coming from D.C., though. You could drop this on the radio in Nashville mm-hmm. now. Just, and, it, and it's, mm-hmm. like, done. I don't know how hard, hard it would chart, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's up there with the stuff that's coming out. Mm-hmm. So, can't oh, wait yeah. to hear more. We're back around again now. We are. Round Tori, Robin. What you got? All right. Uh, I'm going to kind of close out my... So are we doing one more round? Yeah. One more? Okay. Yeah. Wait, like this is the last? This is the last round. All right, right. Okay. The lightning round. So I'm closing out... Um, Although, if if we have some alternates at the end, we'll... we'll <laughs> some honorable yeah, yeah. mentions, kind of? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. We'll superlatives. Um, okay. So then my second and last selection is a David Combs song. Most people probably know him uh, from the Max Levine Ensemble. And he is also kind of a lifer, like has been around for ages, mm-hmm. has played in a million bands, and is also a great songwriter. So the Max Levine Ensemble, kind of how he became well known is like a power pop band. But he is like a songwriter at heart. So I've seen him also play kind of like acoustic shows, um, which are just as engaging um, and also kind of a can't tear your ears away. So the song that I've selected is from a split that he released as Spoon Boy, um, which is, you know, still kind of a solo project, much more so than the Max Levine Ensemble. Um, and it was on a split with Martha, who is also a great band. I, they're not they're not like from this area, I don't think. So we'll talk about them another time. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the song the song is great. It's called Free Your Mind Square.
that, that's the first time I've heard that. It's interesting. So I was excited because I was like, there's shit that I have not heard. Yes. So. That's what this is for. Yeah. I would hope. So, but yeah, this Spinboard kind of went under the radar this year mm-hmm. because David released um, like a bunch of little singles on splits. Yeah. So he didn't actually release an EP or, or a full length or anything like that. But the songs themselves are fucking earworms and they're wonderful. And this song in particular um, addresses... Uh, gender identity issues, mm-hmm. which is something talking about political bands like priests, that's kind of something that a lot of people are not touching yet. Um, sure. And the people that are have to be like very careful, maybe, about the way that they say things. Mm-hmm. Um, so David is like very like open to talking to people about this in just a in just like a sharing information kind of way. Um, and so almost all of his music in some way has to deal with um you know figuring out who you are accepting who you are accepting other people yeah. who may be different than you um which is awesome so david um you know kind of identifies as non-identifying um i can't remember if i already said that but it's worth knowing for like the context of the song yeah and, and i mean for stuff like that uh specifically if you're gonna pick a genre to do that in like that's punk-ish type stuff is where you want to do it. Like, the whole point is, like, nobody accepts what we're doing, and mm-hmm. and so, you know, everybody in. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of going to be probably, like, you know, maybe the next, or a, a concurrent social radicalism wave is going to be, like, like the trans wave. Mm-hmm. You know, David is not, he does not identify as trans, but he's very engaged in that community and very yeah. like open to chatting about it and i think the more that people talk about it the more like normal it's going to become and so the more that people are like chatting about it then the people that are on the outside are just going to become more and more excluded who like don't get it who don't approve of it so like no matter how you're talking about it as long as you're talking about it in a positive way fucking go for it because then you're just going to continue excluding the people who aren't who aren't accepting. Mm-hmm. So, like, go, David. That song is amazing. Spoon Boy is amazing. Max Levine Ensemble is amazing. Do you know Do you know if he's planning on doing an album? Yes. Uh, Max, or as Spoon Boy? Yeah. Um, that I don't know. I did ask him about Max Levine Ensemble, and he told me that they were going to release a new album either okay. at the end of this year or 2015. So I think maybe he's more focusing on that right now. But if you ever see him, I think he played at the Rocket Ship um, he live. He books the rock. He might book the rock. Does he? Ship. Okay, because um, he played there, like as I think, just like as Spoon Boy, and so he played some Max Levine ensemble songs, acoustic, and also some of his Spoon Boy songs. He plays a lot. I saw him at In It Together Fest too, um, back in the in the summer. Yeah. Yes, um, he played at Fort Loco. I hope he releases like a full thing. He should. He's got enough material. Yeah, it's it's. it's Similar in spirit, uh, not content to a band. It's honorable mention, which we'll get to at the end of this. But uh, Baby Bri Bri, yes. like very fun, like poppy, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily punk. Although I, I've, I've referred to Baby Bri Bri as uh, Ducky the band from Pretty in Pink. <laughs> oh my god! Because <laughs> it is. Uh, he was oh actually supposed god. to be on the podcast uh, after the show. That we were that we were at Paul. Yep. Uh, Brian and had to yeah Brian and then had to head out to California, so he's going to be back. So early next year we're going to have him. On. I might want to get him on that. This yes. Guy. So that would good. be a great conversation because I know Brian is also like very into like supporting like queer communities. Yeah, yeah. So that would be a that would be a really great conversation to have. Yeah. I awesome. Would listen to the shit out of that. 
All right, so uh, Paul, you're up next. Yeah, so next up is Brenda. Coincidentally, they played a show last night at, at Quinn's house. At Quinn's house. <laughs> <laughs> totally coincidentally. Yeah. Um, I love Brenda. They're so much fun. They are well connected in the the whole DIT community. Um, Dave, the singer, the main singer, lives at the Communiverse now. Leia has lived at Bathtub Republic for quite a while. Um, so they put on a lot of shows, so they're very well connected. Um, and they're... I don't often listen to lyrics, mm-hmm. and I listen to Brenda's lyrics, and they're mostly really silly. Yeah. Um, maybe a little They Might Be Giants-ish. Maybe there's probably a better band out there to compare them to that I don't know about. But um, they're a great sing-along band. Uh, the words aren't hard to learn. Yes. Yeah. And when you see them live... You really just want to sing along and go crazy. Um, I feel they make me feel good. Like. Yes, <laughs> and you want to be friends with Brenda. Yeah, yeah, super friendly band. I feel like they are themselves on stage, mm-hmm. um, and oftentimes when I see them play, they are in kind of a center of a tornado, and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if it, the whole thing is about to fall apart. Or if it's all about to work. And, uh, for example, here's a tweet that was sent about six hours ago. <laughs> if your instrument cuts out in the last 30 seconds of your last song, don't try to fix it. Just dance around the Brenda way. <laughs> nice. I feel like that is very indicative of most of the Brenda that shows happened, that, that happened last night. Yeah. 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 yeah I've, I've seen them, like, you know, kick out a power strip and the bass amp goes out. I've seen microphones fall down. But, you know, like, ah, their energy is just so and they, great. they all sing. Yeah, um, they all four yeah. sing. Yeah. And, uh... They're great. So the song that I picked from their uh, self-titled album, which came out this year, which I believe is a pay what you want download on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Um, the is. song that I picked is called Everybody Hates Jim.
right. So it's definitely sing alongy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will. I will confess that I uh, a have not seen them. I need to. Yes. It's one of, one of the bands in town that I really need maybe to when see. your friend is having them in his apartment, you could come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do that sing. again, please. Quinn, Quinn, <laughs> uh, people old enough to be your dad are all out there. That's not <laughs> true. It just gets awkward. <laughs> uh, no. Um, yes, I should have come. So, but uh, I've not seen it when. People started talking about this album. They everybody was like, you know, oh, it's like Talking Heads, mm. which was a big turnoff to me because as a big Talking Heads fan, there's nobody like Talking Heads. Yeah, none. Right. I mean, there, there never has been, never will be. Uh, so I sort of put it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've, I've been coming back to it more and more over this year, and like mm-hmm. that actually convinced me to, you know, like after you guys leave to put it on and, nice. and check it out and like go see him. Uh, you said it was a really fun show. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, it's it it is kind of it's hard when you you like start a personal relationship with people who make music mm-hmm. to like to like fully accurately like assess their music because their your personal impression and your friendship with them like will have an impact for sure. sure. Like I've like become friends with these guys in the past because they played my radio show like two months ago, and since then I've like seen them a bunch around and then they played at yeah, yeah yeah. But like I real I think they're really good. I especially live. I think they are one of one of my favorite DC bands, and and I feel like they don't sound like other DC bands. You know, I feel like no, that, that that is one thing. They, yeah, they definitely no. They're charting their own path, and I really appreciate that very much because you know there can be a bit of a DC sound, mm-hmm. and I like it when people break out of that. That's an interesting segue into our next song. Maybe we we'll talk about the DC sound. Um, okay, I don't know if we are we done with Brenda. Are yeah, we, yeah, we're okay. done with Brenda. Um, Two Inch Astronaut. Mm-hmm. The early shows tonight. Tori and I are going. We are. Um, Most hyped band of yeah. the past six months. Um, absolutely. Uh, they got NPR first listen. They did. Um, some strings were pulled there. Exploding in sound. Uh, yeah. Everything everything Dan Golden touches is golden. Dan Golden uh, runs Exploding in sound. He's got, I'm sure he'll be at the show tonight. I think he's coming I down. I so. Um, he, I explain, I'm a big Exploding in sound fan. Um, Pile is probably, Exploding in sound is a label. Correct? It's a label. Yeah. Uh, based out of New York. Um, yep. Pile is on that. Pile's like one of my favorite bands big ever. Big Ups too, I think. Uh, some of Big Up stuff. Level Up just got on. Level Up. Um, You're wearing the shirt. Krill. Like all of these, like they all, and there is there there is very much an exploding in sound sound. Yeah. It's very like um, post punky kind of like soft quiet soft quiet. Uh, and Two Inch Astronaut is no exception. They are the only band on that label from these parts. They're from. They're currently out of Wheaton, uh, Maryland. Um, is where they live, and so we're stretching the boundaries, the limits of DC. But they play in DC a lot. They, yeah, yeah and they, I pretty much identify as a DC band. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, they also for a long time since I started going to shows since I moved here, like a long time, like two years ago. Uh, they, it's it. They were always that band that just kind of opened and played, mm-hmm. um, especially if whenever any other like. They were also like the loudest opening band you would ever hear. <laughs> yeah, they're way louder than on the record. Um, so this, anyway, this this record was like this record is very much a make or break record for them, and I think it's helping. They're making it at least like they got great press, um, and they're playing a great release show tonight. And the first, the title track is called "Foul Brood." It's um, it's punky, it's poppy. Uh, we can listen to it now, or we can talk about it more. So let's listen yeah. to it now. Cool. Let's go. Uh,
album. Does the 90s know that you've stolen everything? Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I joke, but actually I heard that and I was like, this Candlebox gonna sue you? Is that, is that, you told me that and I had to look up who Candlebox was. <laughs> uh, when you, you, I knew that was gonna you happen. You me that and I was like, I was like, ah, uh, who are, who's, okay. And I did, yeah, so I there are, and Paul can vouch for this. There's a very specific 90s sound that came out of like the grunge thing where everybody was like, holy shit, we want to be Nirvana. Yeah. But you can't be Nirvana and it resulted in stuff very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been away for a while, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they're trying to be Nirvana. I I'm think sure they're not. I think they have that, do they have that grunge sound. Um, and I, I think where their talents lie mostly are... Uh, Falbury's like a good, like, poppy, mm-hmm. catch, kind of catchy song. And their talents lie in their more softer... So- softer might not be the right word, but <laughs> more quiet tracks. Um, especially Dead White Boy, which... Uh, talk about a political song. Um, but that I think that 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 track and a bunch of other the softer ones really shine out to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's it's actually a solid uh, like rock anthem album. You just put it on and you just fucking sort of bang your head. Yeah. I like, enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see what they do um, in 2015. They released. Their well, last album said, was 2013. They have uh-huh. a 2014 album now. So, I mean, I mean, uh, see if we'll see if they get on the tour. Well, they've done stuff right too. I mean, you get on a first listen, or uh, Mary McLaughlin was here last week, and uh, you know, get a tiny desk. I mean, that mm. that is that's the, that's stepping the way. up. Yeah, like whether you, like you want to think about it or not, it is getting. Uh, it's what you should be doing, especially if nobody knows who you are. Because uh, yeah, that's I mean like. There's no, yeah, it's huge exposure for, yeah. for two inch of first listen. Like, I mean, I would yeah. say, I don't know the numbers at all, but I would say thousands of people oh, yeah. that comes across thousands of people's oh, desks. Yeah. Easily. Or their mind. Yeah. Their yeah. screens. Yeah. I mean, that, the, it's established at this point that like if something goes up on first listen, I, I say tens of thousands, mm-hmm. like at least check out the first song. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, and then that leads to like, you know, pitchfork or other taste making yeah. sites, yeah. pick it up. And, Which I mean, I have to ask. As, like, Bob Boylan is a local dude and runs, mm-hmm. like, First Listen, All Songs Considered, I'm kind of like, it was. Uh, how do you manage to play a local band who I'm sure that he has seen, you know, with Black Hat backstage or whatever? Like, is there some kind of, like, ethical problem there? I actually Even if think he's not, like, personal friends with them. I don't know. I'm almost positive that Lars made this happen. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I don't know for sure. And, and I don't even think it'd be an ethical thing. I mean, if, if the point of all songs considered is uh, as an entity is to be like a lighthouse, much like your site, you know, which you based on, like Paul, yep. all songs, you know, is to be that lighthouse of, of 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 exposing people to new music. There, there is a PR side to it, of course. Like PR is like now, you like if you're coming through town, part of your PR thing is you're booked at the tiny desk. But uh, you know if you see these bands in town that are smaller and, and you really like them and you have this platform, mm. it's sort of your duty. But then wouldn't that happens. lead to more promotion of bands that are in the area that the host lives in? So? Well, and is that really happening all that it's much? It's not really happening, but... You know? I mean... I can't think of... I honestly can't think of the last TC band to get a first listen. Uh, I don't I, pay attention to first listens, honestly. Yeah. I don't, think, so I don't, think, I don't even think shit. XX had the first listen. I mean, like... They were... Yeah, they yeah, had a something. They did. They did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, but also priests were on yeah. the show on mm-hmm. songs. So I don't think they were first listen, but 
basically. Sure. I mean, yeah. but, you know, if they were in New York, it'd be a saturation of New York artists, too. Yeah, I, I think to your point, I think if it was a, a outlet that was less sophisticated than they are, then, yeah, that that could be a problem. And then you see all sorts of nepotism and stuff. Which I said, given the song I'm going to play coming up, people are going to be like, ah, oh, nepotism. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, because of, of what they've built and, and, and the level of sophistication, there's no real... I, I don't think, it, and I, I think if they can do it, um, then they should. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not saying it's a negative thing. I think what it's going to lead to is like people that pay attention to first listen, they might notice a pattern. Like, hey, you know, there's kind of been like an influx of uh, DC area bands. I noticed, you know, in the bio, mm-hmm. and then which again, looks good because then people are going to be like, oh wow, like DC is having like a renaissance right now. Like, well, that's people what people are saying, though. I mean, they are, but are they saying that because we just now have this? outlet of like a national publication right. that's based in the area to do this. Yeah. I mean, I'll well, take I'll take any reason for bands to stay in DC. Yeah. As opposed to moving to Nashville, LA or New York. Yeah. Mm. Which leads back to a conversation that we had on a previous episode, I think also about Typefighter, I think, uh-huh. is that like at a certain point there's kind of like a split between whether bands from this area want to move on and move to L.A. or New York right. and get, quote unquote, serious or if they want to stay. And there's kind of a lot of I think people attach maybe like too much importance to that. Like somebody could be just as serious about becoming like big mm-hmm. living in New York, moving like moving out of D.C. Yeah. or staying in D.C. They could two bands could be just as passionate and serious about their career it just kind of depends on, you know, like the personal relations in the band. Maybe somebody has a family or whatever they stay. So I think that people assign too much importance to like, oh, like if you move out of D.C., like you're like out, man. Like, fuck you. Like, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes and no. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there there is something to be said for uh uh, this is getting all meta. It's time back in podcasts are done with you and many are done with you. And, uh, you know, there, there's something to be said for the uh, art of being able to create anywhere. Um, I certainly don't understand the instinct to, like, move to another city to, like, be like, if I'm going to make it, I have to move my band to L.A. If I'm going to make it, uh, I'm fucking moving to Baltimore if I'm worried about paying rent. Mm, like, I'm like going somewhere where it's too expensive. True. Um, yeah, so, but... As far as, I don't know, disclaiming, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, th- yeah. there are bands that do move to L.A. Yeah. to make mm-hmm. it big. You know, that's why they moved. But do they make it big, though? That, that, uh, that's the thing. Yeah. Mm. I, I guess it depends on them. And again, this is coming from, like, I have a D.C. flag tattoo. Like, I'm fucking dedicated. <laughs> right, right. But I don't know. I guess I don't really think of, that's like, not just like a professional music decision. It's also like a personal decision. Like, mm-hmm. what if you grew up in this area and you're kind of just ready to move on and explore some other stuff. Sure. So, and you're in a band and you got some momentum and you're like, you know what? It's a good time for us. Let's move to New York. It's the same thing that like any young person with a little bit of like professional mm-hmm. freedom could do. Yeah. You know? And fuck it. Like after they like make some albums, they're probably going to get married and have kids and move back and live in Silver Spring. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They'll come back. Joint bank account. Uh <laughs> Wow, that was <laughs> that's yeah. different. That's a different conversation. Yeah, yes. but Falbrood now is in Silver Spring. See him. Yeah, they're playing tonight. Yeah, dug out. Um, all right, my next pick is uh, like I said, speaking of nepotism. Uh, Sean Barna is a friend of mine. He actually is one of the first interviews, serious interviews we did on this site, and it was because uh, in watching 
the DC scene come up, uh, I see a lot of people trying to be in a scene and a lot of people uh, not trying to be like working musicians. That's not a slight to anybody. That's just how it is. And that's that's not just DC. That's every single scene. You have people that are going to be in this for two years and be like, fuck this and move on. And, and, the, and then people are going to, they may move on, but they're dedicated to like what they're doing. Um, Sean was in DC. He was in uh, Droids We're Looking For, which is a band. I don't know if you ever saw him, Paul. Uh, a bunch of those guys are still around playing in various bands. Went to L.A. and said, I'm going to actually do this. I'm going to make an album. He had a job out there, really good job. Quit it. Spent all his money. Went into Capitol Records and was like, I'm going to make a fucking album. And then I'm going to move back to D.C. The album was an EP. He's actually in the studio now. He was in the studio this weekend. Um, came back with uh, a five-song EP called Cutter Street that is uh, about some broken relationships he had. Uh, and it's hit or miss. Like, I, I will, you know, if you're going to listen to this, it's a first album. But the song I'm going to play, I think, is beyond the first album. I think it's where he really hit the mark. And it's something the 930 Club agreed. They tweeted it out. I mean, granted, it's Madeline. But <laughs> uh, so the song I want to play is Come At Me Gently. And simply because it is um, sort of indicative of what... Like, yeah, it was made in, in L.A., but it is it, it made by a, a serious D.C. musician. He just happened to go there. And you don't need the studio there, but this is based on a lot of his experiences here. So this is uh, Come At Me Gently here. So I drove to the coast Thinking this time I'll make the most of this Yes, I alone, so won't you come at me gently Just come at me gently I don't like standing in your way Or taking back the things I say when I am drunk So if I smile, won't you Bodies and the pills And I am tired Of the different windowsills And I am tired Of the bottles and the bills And the doctors and refills And drinking when you're not next to me But you got such a pretty face
take some chance that I might mean it Just take some chance that I might mean it yeah, Take some chance that I might mean it is that the first time either you had heard that? No, yeah, I, no I, I've, I've heard, heard it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never, like... I wrote a review, actually. No? Did you? Oh, yeah. Did. Oh, you did. Full disclosure, I did. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that is, to me, indicative of what you can do if you stop bitching about a scene, stop bitching about all this stuff, and then just go out and do it. And, you know, he's back here now, and he's he's playing stuff, and he's playing with all the people that we mentioned. I mean, all these guys know him, and some of them play on his records and stuff. And, um, you know, he's seeing it, like, go forward and trying to find a way to fit in. And my, and this would be my advice, I think, to anybody doing this, because uh, I think all the bands we've actually talked about take this to heart, is that don't try to fit in. Do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much room, like, in any scene, but in D.C. specifically, because there's so many different people coming here that you can do something that sounds like a Counting Crows song, which satisfies in a way like uh, Americana does as much as you can do something like Priest or Falbrood or, you know, anything. And it's 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 fascinating to watch, like, all those things, you know. Mm-hmm. But all I, the stuff we've talked about, we did leave out a few. Yes. So, if you guys want to toss out some band names here. Uh, Golden Looks. Golden Looks. No longer a band. Uh, Nestor Diaz. His brother's band is... His brother is Javier Diaz, who I used to work... Nestor Books Velvet Lounge. He also books Velvet Lounge. Got it. Yep. I used to work with Javier at Kineo Forum, and um, his band played my apartment. Now in Spirit Spirit Plots. Plots. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're like a great music family. But they... Golden Looks releases pretty solid album... Uh, it was kind of like mathy, math rocky, and yeah. like but poppy uh, this year, and they got like pretty good press. City Paper wrote a review of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some other stuff, but uh, then I don't know what happened. But it's no longer a band. But um, I recommend checking out Golden Looks. They they were gonna play Fort Reno too, but they got rained out. <gasps> Fort Reno. <laughs> Hashtag Fort Reno rumors. Um, I, I'll, I'll run down a few of the, that made my list. Uh, Black Clouds from mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that show. Uh, I mean, the album is is in the vein of of Mogwai, sort of Godspeed Black Emperor. Various. The show is all fucking laser lights. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, is it is it too much laser lights? No, it's not. No, <laughs> oh, I feel like it's too much laser lights. <laughs> um, but uh, there's that. Uh, Marion McLaughlin, who we mentioned, like talked to her. Uh, her stuff is uh, a little. It's a little harder to get into. It's definitely very different from anything that anybody's doing in DC. But once you do, it's is she DC or Baltimore? She's yeah. was DC for a long time, but she plays a lot in DC. Has a lot of ties here, mm-hmm. but is in Baltimore now. Okay. No, no, I mean, yeah. no worries. Like, it's okay. When she yeah. made her uh, derive or derive. Derive. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, we made that album. That was made in D.C. And, and in, in fact, at uh, maybe Bathtub Republic. I could be wrong. I'm finishing off her podcast tonight, so I'll have to check that in research. <laughs> uh, Anthony Pyro, Pirogue. How, how, how do you... Pirogi. Pirogue? <laughs> we call him Pirogi. Uh, let's talk about him, man. Uh, what the... F- like really good guitar you can player. Play this. He's a wizard. I'm not going to play this track, but like anything off Palo Colorado Dream is like weird, like Al Demiola, like 70s fusion jazz, just badass shit. And like, I want to shout out to my former employer, 
<laughs> although they, they didn't pay me uh cuneiform records yeah um they gave me a travel stipend though so that okay. was nice um <laughs> They uh, they are like a great local label that talk about like not doing what everyone else is doing. They uh, are very much experimental and avant garde on uh, a lot of their stuff. And they, uh, I'm really Janelle and Anthony, um, Anthony's wife or partner. I don't know. Um, they put out an album on Canadian Form. Janelle Leppin put an album uh, two years ago, mm-hmm. and um, she's gone off to play. She played a lot of dates with Marissa Nadler, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. She who's a kind of a bigger name. And now Anthony has released this album on Canadian Form, and it's great. Yeah, it's really, high, and it's gotten them great press. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great it's it's a it's a great again not it's a higher barrier to entry. It's a challenging one. Yeah, mm. you know, but as any like jazz record can be, especially this kind of jazz. Uh, but it is so far on like the other side of what you think of as the DC scene. Mm-hmm. But that's what's happening. And he plays in all these different bands here. Where he can do, he plays in One Man with his yeah. brother Kenny. I mean, oh. yeah. that's another band. That, like, didn't mention. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're solid. Uh, I, I, very similar to Baby Bri Bri and like the spirit of what they're doing. It's just like fun rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, Tori, what you got? Yeah, I actually just remembered. Um, I'm gonna. Yeah. Okay. So first, I was, I wanted to talk a little bit about Boardroom Heroes. Okay. Um, but then I remembered there's something else more. I think Boredom Heroes is, like, great. If you're into, like, super accessible pop punk, go listen to Boredom Heroes. It sounds like 2007. They're from Bethesda. Like, super fun. They write, you know, good music. And they released um, an EP this year called, uh, I believe it's called New Wage. Not New Age, but New Wage. So I would encourage you to listen to that. But um, another thing that, um, like, we haven't really touched on at all is I do want to mention Joy Buttons, which is the band yeah. that we talked about briefly that uh, Ryan McLaughlin plays in, and they are fronted by Brian Moses, Joy Buttons. Brandon. Brandon, sorry. Brandon, who is also in, again, like a million bands. Was in Laughing House. Man, was in Paper House. <laughs> um, also a super nice guy. Yeah, and then, like, let's talk a little bit about Paper House. They get an album coming out next year, but they have been the center of like the the band. Actually, so many musicians rotating through here. Mm-hmm. I mean, did they release something this year? No, a single. They I mean, tease songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they uh, yeah they are releasing a new album. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a vinyl order. I hear. Right, we've seen pictures of it on Facebook. Two hundred fifty. Yeah. yeah, records. It's called Cairo. So stereo yeah. gum uh, or something. Yeah. Joy Buttons would fucking eat them alive, though. All right. <laughs> That's like, not in like they don't like each other, but just like if, like, Joy Buttons is just like fucking crazy. They played it the first MLK mm-hmm. public library basement show, and Brandon just kind of like walked around screaming. Like, he's not like a, like a hardcore front man in the traditional way of like, you know, like screaming with people and like, you know, like dancing and stuff. He just kind of like walks around screaming into the microphone about like racial injustice and police brutality and like all this shit. And then you like talk to him afterwards and he's like, oh, hey, like, thank you so much. And he's like the nicest, most soft-spoken guy. So I give mad props to Joy Buttons. And they had a dope music video that came out in the spring. There you go. Yeah. I don't remember what song it was, but it was just like this, like, woman, like a naked woman in black body paint smashing a television in slow motion for, oh, like, three minutes. Oh, my. So I think another, yeah, they're, they're really good. I saw them, I think I saw them at Paper House or somewhere, but another band I that we were talking about is Baby Bri Bri, mm-hmm. who, um, they they put out an EP. They did? They did, they did. And, and, and we were talking about it earlier today, we were listening to it last night, like, 
the reason they didn't make the list is because it's 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 not that it's a bad EP by any stretch of the imagination. It's just I don't know that I would listen to it and be like, I really want to like get into Baby Bri Bri. You need to see them. Yeah, yeah, you need to see them. And I think when they do release a full length, it'll be. I yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I, I think. I think this is like a lot of those. Like one of them was a live recording. I think maybe done at the Paper House. I think I I don't know. And, and also the EP came out like. A month or so ago, yeah, you know, so we haven't really gotten to chew on it too much yet. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's 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 a sort of snapshot. So did Falbird. Yeah, that just, just came out. I mean, yeah. the song has been out for like a long time, but the album, the album just came out. Yeah, yeah. There were uh, two, to my mind, bands noticeably missing that we did not talk about. That were I know it was on your list and my list. One that was on your list and I think everybody's list. Uh, one of those is X Hex. Mm-hmm. The reason we're not talking about it is because next week in this very basement, we'll be talking about it. Uh, the other one is Louis Weeks, or Louis Weeks, however, you know, however he wants to pronounce it. Uh, and that is, he is DC, also DC Baltimore-based. Uh, his album this year, Shift Away, uh, is, spoilers, one of my favorite of the year. Like, it's really high up there. Uh, and I'm actually sitting on, like, been listening to his new album this weekend, and it's equally amazing. And it is, um, so, you know, not not to slight them on the podcast, but like, the best local shit. Like, there's a reason why, why we're not on that. Um, I think we've probably, you think we've done a good job of at least saying the the, the wide scope of what DC music is doing right now. No. No? I don't think we did a good job of that. Oh, because shit. nobody here is talking about hip-hop. Oh, God damn it. Like, True. sorry, like, we got a bunch of fucking white people down here. We're not talking about hip-hop. We're not talking about a ton of, like, minority-fronted bands, mm-hmm. um, which there's a, is very active in the scene, um, but maybe for whatever reason, like, it's topic for another time, like, just kind of haven't come as much into the public consciousness, right, maybe. Right. Um, we're not talking about any, like, hardcore bands, which is a huge deal in the DC scene, but we just have four people who aren't super... Like and, uh, into it, pretty pretty in, in tap with the hardcore thing. Yeah. yeah, so you know, like somebody, uh, like my boyfriend is super into it and was like, "Pure Disgust released like the fucking greatest album this year," and like nobody's going to talk about it because it's a hardcore record. We're talking about it right now. Tell us. Which, I guess that's true. <laughs> I can't take credit for it. I no, haven't listened you to it. But, yeah, tell us. Um, but I guess Pure Disgust is awesome. A bunch of those, like it's a couple members who are also in Coke Bust, okay. which is you know another big DC like straight edge hardcore kind of seen in itself almost uh-huh. so pure disgust i guess released uh, like an ep or something i can't speak to it at all if you're into hardcore i recommend listening to it i guess so i think that we've done a good job of covering like this safe <laughs> kind of safe stuff. stuff okay safe stuff but right. like that is reflective in our taste when you yeah. think fucking like dc music hip-hop and hardcore are like two huge things and we didn't talk about any really joy buttons is a hardcore band but we didn't talk about any hip-hop albums that's true. That's very true. Truth bomb. And that 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 is a that is a man, that's a major oversight. Yeah. So that gets to my next point. Like what do we want to see in twenty fifteen? Just a, what we're talking about is people who advocate for music, but not just like what we see in the D C scene. You're saying talk more about like I wanna stuff see like that. I wanna see more political stuff. I wanna see a broader like 
like socio-political thing which i do think is going to happen i think it's just like picking up momentum right now i think priests is opening the door for a lot of that like them or not like they're fucking talking about it uh jail solidarity similar you know crazy fucking drone music but they're also talking about um you know privacy and drone drones Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that. Um, so I think that that is going to happen in 2015. There's going to be maybe, like, an influx of uh, a variety of, like, socioeconomic kind of issues represented, which I'm very excited to hear more about that right now is kind of on the back burner. Paul? I want to hear Electronica. Yeah? Uh, I've always been a big fan of that stuff. I feel like 2014, for that wasn't all that big there there was some synth pop that was going on but as we were talking about in one of the breaks uh there's a little bit of a dream pop (laughs) angle to it (laughs) he got lots of thumbs down yeah dream pop (laughs) i I want it to kick ass again i want it to bpm to go up i want the energy to go up last night i was at dc9 seeing honest holloway Mm -hmm. and they put on a fantastic show i love that that band um yeah, I want to. I want to see some like like a few years ago in Volta Bureau, like almost mm. made it big, yeah, mm-hmm. and then sort of. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I want to see some more of that. Well, yeah, the Will's always going to do okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that this was a great year in DC music. I mm-hmm. maybe because my tastes were reflected so accurately, and maybe that makes me like basic. But um, <laughs> Quinn I, is a basic I like bitch. if you like <laughs> if you like guitar based music that's on the louder side. This is a great, mm-hmm. this is a great year for DC music, and I'm really excited for the next. I like, I thought it was like, I, I don't know if I can accurately gauge the past five or years because I haven't been a part of this right, for that long, right. but I would say that this is one of the more vibrant years in a while. Um, and I think that the scene, in quotations or not, uh, is like tight is and mm-hmm. is becoming tighter, like as like every day. Yeah, and like I said up front, and Paul, you would probably speak, well, you wouldn't probably, you would speak better of this than I, than I do. And like, I think it's a balance of why we're doing this podcast, like on my site, like not, not yours right now, even though you did your own, like is is that like it is more vibrant this year. Like something engaged me, at least, you know, and there's a balance of, of I just needed to get into it. But also I think there's stuff that popped up, a lot of the albums we talked about. Uh, and hip hop, can now Diamond District, yes. I will say, can that be claimed though as DC yes. now? Yeah, it's called Diamond District. Yes. Yeah, but Odyssey, totally but Odyssey yeah. is Odyssey known. lives in Brooklyn, but man, that guy's down here all the time. The other two okay. guys live here. Um, yeah, I feel like Odyssey put out an album called Rock Creek Park even after he moved away. Uh, so yeah, yeah, uh, and people, yeah, we're super excited about that Diamond District District album. Mm. His really his the album after that was actually my number three album of that year. Mm. Part of the thing with hip hop is like I I mean I, I enjoy it and I don't get to see shows they don't like hip-hop shows don't happen i feel like well, so, so can we say one of the things we want is to see like these house venues like have hip-hop shows yes hip-hop be, shows are so we, fucking we're, fun. We're, we're working one you're oh, working on it i will nice. be there cool I, something else uh in that vein um a band that i kind of just became aware of um through actually so i'm the music editor at dcist and one of my writers was like i have to fucking write about this band and i was like go for it a coco they're a hip-hop duo. These two women are fucking awesome MCs. We did, like, a cool little video where they, like, freestyled mm-hmm. talking about sociopolitical issues, talking about socioeconomic issues, talking about abuse, like, sexual assault. Wow. But, like, kind of covering it in this very, like, 
catchy like Put it in a sugary beat kind of thing. So you still get oh it. my god, but it's like fucking rad. And I think the last album they released I don't remember what it was called, but it was not this year. So they can't like qualify as like release a new album this year, but they fucking should and I hope that they like pick up some energy and some momentum and start booking shows because they're really exciting. Um again, like charismatic. Like if you watch if you DCS.com, search a Coco, watch this video. I'm not trying to do this as like a personal plug, but like. Oh, no. A- anybody who comes on this podcast is welcome to plug whatever the hell they want. Yeah. I'm just, I'm plugging a Coco here. Yeah. Like, like, it was just. Queen above the swamp? Cool. No. Don't. Please actually don't plug uh, my shows. Thank you. Uh, above the lagoon? I don't know. Yeah. No. Quinn lives in like Southwest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your well, house shows You guys showed up around 10 yesterday and they're like. Yeah, we th- we went to Southeast, uh, Pennsylvania Avenue Southeast accidentally. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, they're like, no, that's okay. We got to see what moon things. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming down. Uh, Tori, Quinn, Paul. Hopefully it won't be the last time you've been down here. And uh, I guess we'll, uh, next week, mm-hmm. go for the big one. Literally, same time, same place. Literally, (laughs) more food. Uh, See you guys later.